Welcome on in to the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. In today's episode, we're going to be continuing our previews of uh, the conferences it, during the preseason. Even though we're about a week away from the season beginning, we got to still do the Eastern Conference. Um, about a week and a half ago or so, we did the Western Conference. So if you haven't listened to that yet, uh, go ahead and give that a listen after you after you get done with this one here. Um <clears throat> So basically what what we're going to do is we're going to go through all 15 teams in the Eastern Conference today, um, talk about what they did over the offseason, how they're looking kind of in the preseason, just a little um, prediction on how I think they're going to do this season. Now remember, the, the season lasts about six months, there's 82 game season, so what we know now can be can be completely different from what things are in April, you know, or even at the trade deadline in February. Um, before I get into that, if you're looking up on, on NBA news lately, you'll probably have seen a lot of guys being signed and then immediately waived or guys that were with the team <clears throat> um, throughout training camp getting waived. So going into into um, in training camp, you can have twenty players on your on your roster. Um, once you get into the regular season, you can have fifteen players and two uh, two way slots. So you can have seventeen total. So you got to get down to that number before the season begins. Um, but the main reason that peop- that teams are signing guys and then immediately waiving them is so that they can become eligible for that team's G League affiliate. So basically what that means is, so let's go with the Jazz. So the Jazz um, just yesterday signed um, I'm not going to remember his name. It's like Nino Thomas or something like that. Um, Signed him and immediately waived him. The reason they did that is so that he'll go down to the G League and he'll be part of the Salt Lake uh, Salt Lake City Stars. If you don't do that with a player, they'll sign with the G League and they'll immediately become a, available for the G League draft, which means that they're not guaranteed to be on your team. Um, so, the, so the reason for doing that is so that you can have that player getting coached by your G League coaches, learning your system, and developing within your system so you can see you know, how they do, if they can fit within your, your main ball club over time. Um, so that's the main reason that uh, teams are doing that right now. But with that, we'll go ahead and get into uh, this 15 and 60. So uh, so first off is the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to do this roughly by record from last year. I don't have a, as good of a grasp on the Eastern Conference, but we'll get through all 15 teams. But we'll start, we'll try to go you know, best record to worst record. So last year, the Sixers were the number one team in the East in the regular season. Now they have been big drama, big news this entire offseason. Um, ben Simmons really struggled in the playoffs. And he's come out and and flat out said that he doesn't want to be with the 76ers anymore. Um, he wants to be traded. 
Now, the 76ers have looked for a trade, but they are asking for way too much in return for Ben Simmons. Now, Ben Simmons is a good player, but he has a lot of weaknesses, and that's that's why he's not going to get the same type of return as a guy like Damian Lillard would on the trade market, um, or Kevin Durant, or one of these really top players. Um, you know, for Ben Simmons, you can get a starter and a first, maybe two first-round picks, but you're not going to be getting another another team's starter plus a couple young players and like three or four first-round picks, like a lot of these trades, like the Paul George trade, um, the Anthony Davis trade. You know, you're not going to see that type of um, package back for Ben Simmons. Now he just barely reported back to the team they played through all their preseason games he showed up took a covid test and then apparently hasn't been around the team other than that so that it's right now it's a lot of waiting around to see if he's gonna actually get traded if he's actually gonna report for games gonna show up for practice um but even even if he does show up, like it's going to be really, really weird around the 76ers um, this season. Like, you know, this is a guy that badmouthed the team. Some of the guys that are on the team, including the coach, Doc Rivers, have said, you know, not too great things about him. The fans really don't like Ben Simmons. Um I heard that during an AEW event, which is a you know pro wrestling event in Philadelphia, the the crowd just randomly started a you know F Ben Simmons chant. So I don't know what they're gonna do there. They got to figure something out. Um, but other than that, the the team still has some really good pieces. You know Joel Embiid, even though I I really dislike him, he is a great player. Um, I think he could be a lot better if he would change the way he plays, but he is a great player. Um, Tobias Harris is a bona fide scorer in this league. Um, Tyrese Maxey has really really showed a lot in his in his rookie year. They brought in George Niang during the offseason, which gives him a lot of floor spacing. Um, they re-signed uh, Danny Green. They still have Seth Curry. So they, they have some shooting around the edges. Um and I think with the Ben Simmons trade, they need to be looking to add probably another point guard that can run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid, but also can space the floor a little bit. Um, apparently there was an offer from the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. And then, I, and I think Jeremy Lamb was the other piece to that for Ben Simmons. And honestly, that would be a, a good trade. Um, for Ben Simmons. It'll get you a guy in Brogdon who's a very efficient scorer, um, can run the offense. Um, so that's what I'd be looking for for them. Now, I I know that they're going to be resting Joel Embiid a lot just because he's such an injury risk and they're going to want him healthy for the regular season. Now, they have Andre Drummond to fill in that role when, he's, when uh, Joel Embiid's out. Now, he's definitely not the same player that Embiid is, but he can at least give them something, you know, valuable there at the center position um, when Embiid has to sit out. Um, Paul Reed can also step in and play some backup center minutes. I don't see this team ending up with the number one seed in the East again. 
Um, big reasons for that are both the Bucks and the Nets are still in the Eastern Conference. And I think this, this, this Ben Simmons thing is just going to be such a distraction until he is finally traded away. Um, but I, I think they'll probably still be the third, maybe at worst the fourth seed, um, heading out into the playoffs. So next up is the Brooklyn Nets. Now the Nets also have a lot of drama going on right now. Um, so the state of New York is requiring that you have um, the COVID vaccination um, to to perform or to play or you know whatever it is you're doing in the state of New York. Kyrie Irving, you know their point guard, has denied getting the uh, the vaccine. Now, me on a personal level, I I totally believe that it, it's his right to say that he doesn't want to get it. Um, however, you know, if he wants to play for this team, that's what he has to do. It's, it's no different than any of us where if the company you're working for requires a COVID shot, you have to make a decision at that point. Am I going to get the shot? and continue working for this company or am I going to have to go find something else? Um, now it's not as simple as that for Kyrie, you know, he's getting paid millions of dollars. Um, so right now what it looks like is the Nets are just going to hold him out until he gets himself vaccinated. Um, he's not allowed basically to be with the team at all and that if they start losing games it's really gonna change I think the stances of this team you know Kevin Durant and James Harden have said that they're not gonna really push Kyrie to get it but if they start losing games if they start falling behind in the standings I think they may switch on that and be pushing him to get it because those three together have not played much time together at all since since the James Harden trade but when they do get a chance to be together they are just absolutely amazing on the offensive end just so many scoring threats now without Curry around they still are a very deep team um, they really loaded up their front court this offseason they brought Blake Griffin back they brought in LaMarcus Aldridge Paul Millsap um, James Johnson um, and then they still have Nicholas Claxton. So they have a lot of guys that can play the four, the five, a lot of size there. Um, you know, of course they have Kevin Durant and James Harden as their top two players. Joe Harris is an amazing three-point shooter. And then they have a lot of guys that can do a lot of the dirty work. Guys like um, Bruce Brown, Javon Carter, DeAndre Bembry. Um, during the offseason, they also used their taxpayer mid-level to add Patty Mills as a backup point guard. Um, so this is a very deep team. Um, I think they're going to end up being the top team in the East. The big thing is, is Kyrie going to get back? Is he going to get vaccinated and be back with the team? And if not, well, even if he's around, are Kyrie or uh, James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant going to stay healthy? 
because especially if he's not, if Kyrie doesn't come back and say James Harden pulls a hamstring or something like that going into the playoffs, their road to make it to the finals just became a lot tougher. Now, Kevin Durant is the type of player that can lead a team to the finals basically by himself, but he's not by himself. Like I said before, they have a lot of depth on this team, but it's, it becomes a lot tougher when you take pieces away from that big three that they have. So again, I think they'll end up winning the East and they're probably the odds on favorite to be the NBA champion this year. But again, we, we are just in October right now. We have many, many months of the season left. And then after that, a couple more months of playoff time, um, to see what really happens here. So number three in the East last year was the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they actually ended up winning the NBA championship last year. Um, so Giannis Antetokounmpo is now putting together a case for being one of the greatest <clears throat> foreign-born players of all time. I mean, he's right up there with Dirk Nowitzki and Hakeem Olajuwon. He's got two MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year award. Now he's a finals, you know, he's a champion, and he was finals MVP. Um, and he's only 26 the guy is absolutely amazing. Um, if you're not normally watching basketball, I would at least encourage you to watch the Bucks play because Giannis is really a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. Um, you know, he it's just like watching LeBron when he was with the Heat. Um... Jordan with the Bulls, uh, Shaq with the Lakers. Like, it is one of the greatest times and eras in basketball that you're ever going to get to see. Um, but around him, they have a very solid team. Now, they did lose P.J. Tucker. He ended up going to the Heat, and we'll get into that later when we talk about the Heat. But they were able to bring Bobby Portis back. They brought Grant, uh, George Hill back to the team. Um, last year he was with the... Who did he end up with? He was with the Thunder and then he got traded to the Sixers. So he, he was with the Sixers for the playoffs. Didn't really play too well there, but he was really good in his couple years with the Bucks before. So I think he'll give them a lot of... He'll make he'll uh, solidify a lot of things with their their backup uh, unit there, um, but of course you have Giannis, Chris Middleton is an insanely efficient scorer uh, from the mid range from three. Drew Holiday is one of the best perimeter uh, defenders in the league. Brooke Lopez does a great job of holding down the middle on the defensive end, and then draining threes on the offense. The big thing for them is going to be the other pieces around the, those four main guys. Um, Dante DiVincenzo will be back from injury. You have guys like Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen. All three of those guys will be fighting for minutes at the shooting guard position. Um, Jordan Nawara, who's in his second season, really showed a lot of improvement over this over the summer league and in the preseason here. He's actually looking like a rotation piece for them. Um, 
you know, and then of course Bobby Portis is a great backup center for this team. It's tough not to say that they're going to be the best team in the East record-wise, um, but I think they're going to end up second. Um, but again, that all depends on if Kyrie gets vaccinated, if James Harden and Kevin Durant can stay healthy. But even if all three of those guys are back for the Nets, this Bucks team I think is good enough to have a better record um, at the end of the regular season. Let's see. So next up would be the the New York Knicks. Now the Knicks were a bit of a surprise team last year after not making the playoffs for quite a few years. Were able to be the four seed. Um, now in the playoffs, they really disappointed. Julius Randle, who had been amazing all throughout the regular season, really struggled in the playoffs. And the, the Hawks really just beat up on them and got rid of them pretty quick. Um, now this Knicks, Knicks team, they brought back all of their main pieces, except for Reggie Bullock. He ended up moving on to the Mavericks. But then they made some additions that are really going to make this team very dangerous in the Eastern Conference. Um, so first off was Evan Fournier. Um, he'll t- end up taking the spot for Reggie Bullock. Um, now he's possibly a, a slightly worse defender than what Bullock is, but he's a much better shooter, a much better creator. Well, not a much better shooter. He's a better shooter. He's a much better creator um, with the ball in his hands. Um, so I think that was an upgrade there. And then... Um, they added Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker got bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder and signed for about uh, $9 million a year with the New York Knicks, which is a huge bargain for a player like Kemba. He'll come in and immediately be their starting point guard. Um, they, they were able to bring Taj Gibson back. And then Obi Toppin, who was their rookie last year, has shown some improvement, and he'll be hopefully ready to contribute to them this season. And then Quentin Grimes, who they just drafted, is looking like a guy that can possibly push his way into this rotation. Now, they have a very good defensive coach in Tom Thibodeau. I'm a little skeptical on the offensive end, but now that they added Walker and Fournier, um, Julius Randle won't be expected to do as much as he had to last year. Uh, <clears throat> I think R.J. Barrett probably reaches another level this year. Um, and then they have pretty good depth at the center position. You have Nerlens Noel, you have Taj Gibson, and then Mitchell Robinson. Now, Mitchell Robinson has not been able to stay healthy at all during his career. But when he has, um, he's been a very good shot blocker, um, very good lob catcher. But has a very limited game but they have enough variety at the center position I think to make up for the fact that he doesn't have much variety to his game Um, coming off the bench you have guys like Alec Burks and um, what's his name Uh, I I lost his first name but quickly um, who was a very big surprise for them last Emmanuel quickly was a big surprise for them last year as a rookie um, was great on their second unit and then Derek Rose of course um, to run the point 
um, with the second unit. So this is a team, I, I think they'll probably stay right around the fourth or fifth team in the East. I, I don't think that they have enough to battle with the Sixers, the Nets, or the Bucks, but they'll probably stay right around where they are in that kind of second tier of the, of the Eastern Conference. So fifth was the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks, um, you know, they were actually able to make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals this last year. Now, they did get beat up by the Bucks um, when, when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. But still a very um, successful uh, season for this team that just a few years ago... <laughs> I'm sorry, that... <laughs> That a go came out Minnesota three years ago. Anyway, um, just a few years ago, the um, Travis Schlenk took over this team as the GM, tore the team down to to just about nothing. They still had John Collins around, but other than that, they were just bringing in young guys to to build around. That's when they picked up Trey Young and Kevin Herter. Um, the year after that, they got DeAndre Hunter and. Cameron Reddish, and then this last season they added a lot of veterans to the team: Danilo Gallinari, Brogdon Bogdanovich, um, or Bogdan Bogdanovich. There we go. Um, they added Rajon Rondo and Chris Dodd, and those guys have since moved on to other teams. Um, they brought in Clint Capella, which has been huge for them. Um, and then this offseason, they kind of solidified things a little bit more. They brought in um, Gorgie Zhang to be another solid center within this group, especially while Onyeka Kungwu is still uh, recovering from his injury. So this is a team, I don't know. I think maybe they bounce in front of the Knicks, but the Knicks did such a good job of adding more talent to the to their team you know I'm going to say that they stay the same the Knicks stay four the Hawks stay five and I again I don't think either of those teams have enough to to compete with those top three teams but I think these top five are definitely in a different group with the east now I say that but then I think about the next team which makes me pause for a second about saying that you know what let's yeah I'm going to say that the Knicks are 5 the Hawks are 6 this next team we're going to talk about is going to actually move up to 4 that is the Miami Heat the Heat have 2 stars in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo they have 2 younger shooters and uh, Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson, and then they went out and found their point guard um, this summer in a sign-and-trade with the Raptors, went out and picked up um, Kyle Lowry. Now, unfortunately, in that trade, they had to send out Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. Dragic has been uh, just a solid veteran for them for quite a few years. Precious Achua is a uh, very promising young center, but getting Kyle Lowry... Uh, Kyle's an amazing defender at the point guard position, can run the offense, um, has become a good three-point shooter, just a huge upgrade to what they had last year with uh, Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic. 
Um, they signed Victor Oladipo back. Now, he's probably going to miss the first part of the year with injury. But if he's able to help them in the playoffs, he's another big piece for them. Um, they brought back Dwayne Dedman as the backup center. They brought in P.J. Tucker and Markeith Morris at the power forward position, which is going to add just so much toughness and um, and then defensive ability from P.J. Tucker. This is a team that, if things really go well for them, they could actually push up into those top three teams. Um, now, they also are, are a pretty old team, and they could they could end disaster, disastrously. How do you say that? <laughs> anyway, it could end in disaster for them also um, if these older guys just start to fall apart. You know, Kyle Lowry, I think, is 35. Um, P.J. Tucker, I think, is 35 or 36. Um, so things could fall apart there, but this is a team I'm going to – I'm going to make the prediction that they end up fourth in the Eastern Conference. They jump ahead of the Knicks and the Hawks, and they're right in that battle with the Bucks, the Sixers, and the, the Nets, especially with the Sixers. They might be able to jump the Sixers. Um, I mean, this is a team that just two years ago in the bubble made it to the finals, so they're a team to look out for. So next up is the Celtics. The Celtics, um, one of the biggest things with them this offseason was Danny Ainge stepping down as team president and Brad Stevens actually leaving his job as the coach and becoming um, the team president, taking over um, player personnel, you know, trades, all those type of things. Um, and Ime Yudoka becoming the new head coach for the team. Now, Brad Stevens is it's very clear to see that he there's the players that he really liked in his time as the coach and then there's players that he didn't like um he was very pretty quick to move on from Kemba Walker and Tristan Thompson um and he was also very quick to bring back Al Horford and Ennis Cantor um you know and other than that you know he's just been trying to add some veteran pieces to this group um now again this is a first year head coach but Ime Yudokas has a lot of experience as an assistant coach under Greg Popovich um with the Spurs for a long time and then under Brett Brown with the Sixers for a while um they have two young cornerstones cornerstones and uh Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, Robert Williams ha- is starting to finally look like the center that everybody thought he could be coming out of Texas A&M. Um, they still have Marcus Smart, who's an amazing perimeter defender. They brought in Josh Richardson, um, which gives them a guy that can play the one through the three. Is a good defender. Not a great shooter, but can do a lot of the other things on the on the court really well. Um, so this is a team. I say they're probably going to stay in about the same spot, either seventh or eighth seed. But I think they do squeeze into the playoffs. But I, I definitely don't think that they're 
good enough right now to compete for one of the top spots. Um, oh, also they, they brought in Dennis Schroeder to be their starting point guard. Um, Schroeder turned down a massive extension from the Lakers, went into free agency, and all the big point guards went elsewhere, and teams were without money, so he had to sign for $6 million to be the point guard for the Celtics. Um, now he, I... I just don't like the fit. I think Dennis Schroeder's much better just used as a six-man. Bring him off the bench. Let him go out and score. But that's really all he's really useful for. Um, but, you know, it's at least an upgrade over having to rely on Marcus Smart and, and uh, Peyton Pritchard to play the point guard minutes. So, last, the eighth seed is the... was the Wizards. Um... Now, the Wizards had a very busy offseason, and I think they got better. Um, they, First of all, they traded Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, um, and in return they got Kyle Kuzma, who's going to immediately come in and probably start for them at the three or the four. They got Montrezl Harrell, who is a great scorer off the bench at the center position and a pretty decent rebounder as well, not a great defender, but... As a six-man, gets the job done. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who has an opportunity to possibly start at the shooting guard uh, next to Bradley Beal. Um, and then, of course, like I said, Bradley Beal is an absolutely amazing scorer. And now he doesn't have to share the ball with Russell Westbrook. Uh, Daniel Gafford has turned himself into a very good center. Uh, Thomas Bryant was coming back from, I think, an ACL injury. Um, they kept him out almost all of last year. And then Rui Hachimura has turned himself into a very good player in this league. Denny Abdiya is going into his second season in the league and I think can start to improve a lot. Um, Hello Neto is a very good backup point guard in this league. This is a this is a team that really doesn't have that top-notch star power other than Bradley Beal, but has a lot of pieces to a team that could could play basically in any any team's rotation. Um, now they're going to be in a battle with some teams for that eight spot. Um, teams like the Pacers, um, the Hornets, the Bulls. But I think that they probably hold on and, and stay as the eight seed. Uh, but I don't see that top-notch talent, again, like I said on this team, to really push them over the edge. But I think they do end up making the playoffs again. Um, so next we'll talk about the Indiana Pacers. Now the Pacers were constantly in that 3-6 to six range for quite a few years. Um, they ended up firing Nate McMillan. Um, and hiring, um, oh, what was his name? Nate Bjorkren. Now, he didn't end up working out, and they've already moved on from him, and they replaced him with an extremely experienced coach in Rick Carlisle, who's won two championships, one with the with the Pistons, one with the, uh, or, no, maybe the, no, that was Larry Brown that won it with the Pistons. Anyway. Rick Carlisle was the coach of the Indiana Pacers when the Malice in the Palace happened. 
which that team was amazing with Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, Ron Artest, and Steven Jackson. That was a great team that got pulled apart way before it should have. Um, he goes to Dallas, wins a championship with Dirk, um, and has been just a, a great coach in this league for many, many years. Um, so I think that he's going to get a lot more out of this team than Nate Bjorkren did. Now this team still has the issue of playing Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis together. They still keep those guys together. Both are really better off as centers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do there. Um, in the draft, they added a guy in Chris Duarte, who's 24-year-old rookie, um, but can immediately come in and get and provide um, an impact on this team. Um, I think he can come in and immediately take up a lot of the minutes that Doug McDermott is leaving since he went to the Spurs. Um, like I said earlier with uh, Ben Simmons, you know Malcolm Brogdon's the point guard of this team, extremely efficient, <clears throat> does a great job running the running the offense, and then they. <clears throat> The big uh, free agency signing that they did this year was Torrey Craig, who is a guy that can play the three or the four, is a very, very good perimeter defender. Um, <clears throat> not a great shooter, uh, but is definitely a good piece to this team. Now, I have a, I have a hard time saying that they're not going to make it into the playoffs. I think they'll end up being in the play-in games. But, you know, once... The league has just so much parity right now. It's actually really cool to see that, you know, there's 10 to 12 teams in both conferences that you can pretty easily say that they have a chance of making it to the playoffs. And that's not the case this time of the year for in most years. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to say that they'll probably end up in the play-in again. But with Rick Carlisle as their coach, I would not be surprised to see them end up as the fifth, sixth, somewhere around their seed. Um, so next up, we'll talk about the, the Charlotte Hornets. Now, LaMelo Ball had a great rookie year, um, ended up being rookie of the year for the, for the NBA. Um, and then they had one of the, the least talked about Additions, but I think is going to have a huge impact for this team and bring in, bringing in Kelly Oubre. Um, Oubre gives them another guy on the wing that has great size, uh, has the ability to create his own shot, has become a better shooter in his time in the league, is a pretty decent defender. Um, as long as Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, he's uh, you know a top ten small forward in the league. Uh, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington have made big jumps in their time in the NBA. Um, let's see here. Uh, Terry Rozier is a has turned himself into a very good scoring guard in this league. Now, they did lose Devontae Graham and Malik Monk, which is going to take away from their depth at the guard position. Um and then at the center position, they brought in Miles Plumley or Mason Plumley, um, which I think is going to end up being a little better than Cody Zeller. 
But after that, they're relying on really young guys to take up the backup center minutes. And Vernon Carey, who's a second-year player, um, Nate Richards, who's a second-year player, and Vernon or, uh, Kai Jones, who's a rookie this year. Um, so this is a team. It's hard to say that Lamelo and Gordon Hayward won't push them into the playoffs, but there's some team. There's one team that I can think of immediately that's coming up that I think actually pushes them out. And they're going to be on the outside looking in. So we'll get to that team here next, and that's the Chicago Bulls. Now, when they were putting this team together in the offseason, I was very skeptical. I still am a little skeptical just because they have a, a lack of shooting on this team. But this is going to be an exciting team to watch. Um, <clears throat> this is a team, if you have NBA League Pass, I would be checking them out pretty often. Um so in the preseason, the starting lineup they are going with, and this is mostly because Patrick Williams was hurt, but I like this lineup. It was Nikola Vucevic at center, DeMar DeRozan at power forward, Javante Green at the small forward, Zach Levine at shooting guard, and Lonzo Ball at the point. Now, most of the time it will be Patrick Williams at the four, DeMar DeRozan at the three, but Javante Green is such a high-energy guy. He's a lot of fun to watch. And he made this team extremely fun to watch during the, the preseason. Um, and then coming off the bench, they have guys like Kobe White and Alex Caruso and Derek Jones Jr., who really pushed the pace. Um, Tony Bradley's a very good backup center. Um, this is a team that I think has a very good shot of, of challenging for a playoff spot. Um you know, they're going to be right there with the Celtics and the Wizards, I think, fighting for 7, 8, 9, somewhere in, the, in there. I think they at least make it into the play-in game this year, which when they originally put this team together, I was not thinking that. I thought they just did not have enough shooting at all. But they, in the preseason, have been playing at such a fast pace that they're going to end up putting up a lot of points and winning a lot of games. Um I just don't know if it's going to end up being enough to make it into the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So that puts us through 11 teams. So we have four more to go. Um, let's talk about the Orlando Magic next. Now, this Magic team may end up being with the the Rockets and the Thunder as the teams with the least amount of wins this year. Um, they're really not trying to win this year. They... Uh, um, they have gone full on with the, the young guys and the rebuild. Um, their top players are probably Jonathan Isaac, uh, Wendell Carter, and Markel Fultz. All guys that are under 25 years old. Um, both Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz have a lot of quite an injury history to them. And then they brought in a lot of young guys around those guys. Uh, Chumo Okiki can play the small forward or the power forward. Um, Mo Bamba is still the backup center there behind Wendell Carter, which, by the way, <clears throat> uh, the, the Magic signed Wendell Carter to a, a four-year extension um, today. <clears throat> so after this year, that that's when that will kick in, um, is a four-year, $50 million, which is seems about right to me, about $12.5 per year, <clears throat> which 
you know, puts him in that, not a star center, but a solid starter. And that's where I think he, he actually is. Um, <clears throat> they added Robin Lopez in the offseason just to bring a mentor into into the team to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to teach these young centers how to play in the NBA. Um, they drafted <clears throat> Franz Wagner out of Michigan, who's a guy that I think can get minutes for them at the three or at the four. Um, and then they also drafted with the fourth overall pick, Jalen Suggs, point guard out of Gonzaga. <clears throat> um, he's a guy that can easily put himself into the comp- the conversation for rookie of the year this year. I think he's got just such an amazing skill set. Um, <clears throat> and then you have other young guards in RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony on this team. Um, <clears throat> so this team, they're going to be fun to watch, but they're also going to be a team that's going to lose a lot of games. Um, they just don't have <clears throat> the veterans on this team. They don't have that um, developed talent yet on this team. But they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, next up is the Detroit Pistons. They're also going to be a team that's going to be at the bottom of the East. Um, but they also have some young players that are going to be very exciting to watch. Cade uh, Cunningham was the number one pick of this year's draft. Guy at 6'7", 220, plays the point guard. Um, is a lot like, um, if you ever remembered watching him in his younger days, but Grant Hill, <clears throat> who also started his career out with the Pistons. But Cade Cunningham is a lot like Grant Hill. Just an amazing scorer, passer, can do everything at 6'7". Um, Jeremy Grant was a great um, addition for them last year. Almost one most improved player just behind Julius Randle. Um, Isaiah Stewart was a guy that really stepped up for them last year as a rookie and has become their starting center heading into this season. Um, and then they have some other young guys that really just came out of nowhere last year and became contributors. Guys like Josh Jackson, Frank Jackson, um, Saban Lee. And then they're going to be looking for second-year player Killian Hayes to take a big jump this year as well. So they're going to be a fun team to watch, but they're they're not going to win a lot of games. Um, let's see here. Now next up is the Raptors, and this is a... Man, like I said, the parity in this league is getting insane. Because this is another team that could very easily be fighting for the 5th, 6th, 7th seed in the NBA, but could also very easily find themselves out of the playoffs completely. Um, they have some younger stars in Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Um, they signed Gary Trent Jr. back to this team. Fred Van Vliet's a very good point guard. Uh, they still have Gordon Drogic around. They brought in Precious Achua in the Kyle Lowry trade. Um, they just uh, drafted... Um, oh, why did I lose his name? Uh, uh, Scotty Barnes out of out of Florida State University, <clears throat> who's a guy that at 6'8", 230-ish, looks like a power forward and can play some power forward. 
but was more of a point guard in his time at Florida State. Um, so he's a guy that he just fits that Raptors mold of being able to play multiple positions, especially being able to guard multiple positions. Um, they still have Ken Birch around as a backup center. Um, so this is a team I, again, would not be surprised if they're fighting for a mid middle of the pack playoff position, but also wouldn't be surprised if they're out of the playoff picture completely. And so then finally, we're going to do the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, this is a team that they've struggled for a long time, and I think they're going to continue to struggle. But they at least at this point have <clears throat> something to look forward to with this team. They have some young guys that actually show some promise. Um, they picked up Jared Allen last year. They signed him to a five-year deal this offseason. They picked up Evan Mobley in the draft, who's a guy at seven foot that has some guard skills, is a very good post defender. Uh, and then Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have both developed really well at the guard positions. Um, Isaac Okoro is going to be in his second year and is sh- starting to show that uh, defensive potential that he had coming into the, his draft. Um, Kevin Love is actually looking a lot better than he has in years past. Um, and he'll probably end up being the backup power forward. <clears throat> They traded uh, Larry Nance Jr. away and got Larry Markkinen in it, which I think at this point, Larry Nance Jr. is probably the better player, but Larry Larry Markkinen is a very young player with a lot of potential. You know, he's seven feet tall, can play the small forward through the center. Um, So this is a team, they're going to be fun to watch, but I, I just don't think that they have quite enough to really battle for a playoff spot. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Again, the week, the NBA is about a week away. Um, I'll do, put out a couple more episodes with the Jazz. Um, and then probably one more episode of the NBA stuff to just update on any more roster moves that are going on um, before the season starts. But once the season starts, it's going to be a lot more regular episodes of just updating on what's going on in the NBA. So be looking into that. But thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, great night, great weekend, and bye!